Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. This is us. This is us. Not this is me. Uh, for some churches and some people that, you know, become Christians, they, be, they, they get the belief that they think it's just all about them. But uh, them has to be more than one. It all starts with one, but it extends outward to that. And so we've called this This Is Us. And uh, we're going to party. We're going to celebrate for the whole month of March. This church was uh, started. It began in March of 1989. And uh, so, you know, I, I think that's worth more than just one, one Sunday or one meeting. I think that we need to extend that out. So we have five weeks in March, which is very exciting. Plus, uh, you throw in the all-in night on Wednesday. So... We're going to be looking forward the whole time towards uh, what God is doing, something amazing. I, I uh, remember back to when we first started the church, and it was Gail and myself. And the songs back then were brand new. They were fresh, you know, like uh, Joy is a Flag Flown High from the Castle of My Heart when the king is in residence there. Uh, you know, like there were some amazing songs back then, but I'm really glad that we don't sing them anymore. Uh, but they were easy for me to sing because I was it. I was the worship team. And Gail ran all the children's ministry. And we were at a high school. Uh, one, one couple joined us from the start. They were on the brink of divorce. And, uh, you know, so we were able to help them out. And then other people joined in, in in March of 1989. How many people were born after 1989? Okay. Not very many. A few of you's. Fantastic. Uh, I think Cody was born in 1989. Cody was born uh, the year that our church started, and then he became a Christian the uh, same year that we moved into this building, which is pretty amazing. So he's kind of tracking chronologically <laughs> with us as, as a church, which I'm pretty excited about. Uh, but yeah, things, are, things have moved along since then. I'm so thankful for that because I'd never pastored before and I didn't really know what I was doing. It really was the blind leading the blind, not that Gail was blind. But, uh, you know, we just, we just, it was an experience. Let me just put it that way. One that I don't ever want to relive again. And I saw, often I'll think back, gee, if I'd have known uh, back then what I know now, could we have moved ahead a lot quicker? And that's absolutely the answer is yes. Uh, after I became a Christian, I joined a church, and uh, that church was run by a man named Orville Butcher. It was in Lemon Grove, California. It's called Skyline Wesleyan Methodist Church. And the pastor that took over shortly after that is named John Maxwell. Now, he's gone on and become quite uh, a household name in Christianity and written a lot of books. He's a conference speaker and everything else. And I remember John Maxwell saying once, somebody said to him, gee, I wish I'd have met you years ago. And I'm thinking, yeah, I did meet him years ago. And he said, uh, it wouldn't have done you any good because I wasn't the same, you know, 20, 30 years ago. It, you know, life is a progression. We move on, don't we? We're not who we were. And uh, thank God on that. Hopefully we're better than we ever were. But uh, oftentimes our, our, our moments today, if we would just stop and think, our moments today are our memories tomorrow. Whatever you're living today, if you're living by faith, that's going to be your testimony tomorrow. 
So if you're not living in the moment, and if, if you're not having any moments, then you've got nothing really to look back on to remember. I, I'm thankful that we do have some fantastic moments that we can remember. I've called this morning's message uh, a pause for punctuation. Now, punctuation in uh, a sentence or, uh, you know, all through, uh, if you're a writer, a punctuation mark is a very important mark because there's an explanation mark, which means, hey, we're excited about this. So if you put H-E-Y, hey, uh, you, you probably want to have an explanation mark after the hey. Or wow, spelled backwards, wow. Uh, if you put an explanation mark after that, it means, wow, I'm excited. It's an inflection. It's a punctuation. But life isn't just explanation marks when we're going through it. Sometimes there's some question mark punctuations. Anybody notice that? Sometimes you, you're, you ask a lot of questions like, why did that happen? Or what's up with that? Or how come? Uh, and I'd like to uh, think that the whole journey of 30 years was all, wow, hey, did you see that? But there were some question marks in there. And if we pause for punctuation uh, sometimes in life, it's good to ask yourself, am I, am I living a moment that's got a question mark punctuation in it? And if so, what am I going to discover in that? Or am I living a moment that needs to be a wow moment that I need to remember down the track uh, so that I can get excited and look back and go, wow, isn't God good? Look at what God did back then. And, and that back then could be a week ago. I, I've heard some great testimonies even this morning. People that were healed at our uh, healing meeting. Uh, was this not really a healing meeting, but I taught on how to lay hands on the sick last Sunday night. And, uh, you know, we had... Uh, three, at least three people that, that gave testimony uh, at our dinner party, uh, a couple of them, of God healing and just taking the pain straight away, hasn't come back. One guy healed in the forehead. That's a wow. That's a wow. Look at how good our God is. Like, he is amazing. Now, that becomes a testimony for somebody in the future. Because we've looked at this 30 years uh, isn't about looking back in the rearview mirror and trying to just have a blast from the past. It's a 30-year foundation for a fantastic, wow, future. That's what it's about. The best is yet to come. The best is ahead of us. It's not behind us. And so our lives are filled with punctuation. But I would like to say with an explanation mark after it this morning, happy birthday, happy anniversary, explanation mark, City Church. You guys are awesome. And so we're going to celebrate the whole month of March all the way through. We're going to celebrate with an explanation mark uh, at the end of that, not so much a question mark. We're going to say happy birthday with gusto. Does that mean that we did everything right, that we couldn't have done it better, or, you know, that the, if it was a snapshot, that, it, that, it, that, it would, it, that it's perfect? Well, the answer is no. I don't know if you've ever, like me, you know, sometimes somebody will bring a picture that was taken years ago, like 30 years ago, and I'll look at the picture and I'll go, I remember that moment. Look, there's, there's Rover. Wasn't he, a, wasn't he a, a nice, he was a good boy, wasn't he? He's gone now. Oh, look at that mullet <laughs> and those skate shoes and those hipster pants that kept falling off. Oh, Sometimes I'll look back at a, at a snapshot in time, and I'll, 
I'll relive that moment, and I'll think about that, and it'll, it'll, you know, often it'll bring back a flood of memories because that's what a snapshot does. The thing about churches, however, is that the snapshot is often filled with imperfections worse than a mullet. The snapshot is often filled with poor taste worse than uh, the hipster pants that were falling off and the skate shoes. Uh, the snapshot is often filled with imperfections of the family. Let me just put it that way. And that's why a lot of people back off and tap out of church is because it's loaded with imperfections. But one of the things that I love to do is to look at that snapshot and go, haven't we moved on from that? Isn't it exciting that, that a lot of the people that I know are way more like Jesus Christ now than they were back then, including the pastor? I, I get so uh, incredibly blessed when I see that the church collectively has moved on across the planet, that we are growing into the image of Christ. It's slow sometimes, and sometimes, you know, the devil likes to get snapshots of the church which, with its imperfections, and of course we've got them. But I'm not going to take that photo, rip it up, burn it, and be embarrassed about it. I'm going to go, we have moved forward and we are moving forward, and I'm going to take snapshots along the way that give glory to God, their testimonies that God is incredible, and he's doing something amazing in his church today, even though we're not perfect. And so uh, this morning, uh, we're going to start with Philippians chapter 3. We're going to be in Philippians the whole time, and uh, Philippians was a letter that uh, Paul wrote. Paul wrote about two-thirds of the New Testament. He was an incredible author. He uh, bore the marks of an apostle. That means a sent one. He was a leader, a pillar in the church in his time. And he visited a, a real place in Macedonia called Philippi. And the reason he visited there is because he saw a vision of a man saying, hey, would you come and help us? And so he woke up and he told his disciples, we are going to Macedonia, to that region there, and we're going to find that, that man that I saw in a vision, and, and we're going to help them out. Well, he did get there. It's in Acts chapter 16. Uh, and he did get there, and, and he found uh, Lydia, a lady there that was dyeing purple garments, and he found a, a group of women. He went outside the city walls, it said, and he prayed. He came back in, and there was this young girl who was a fortune teller. And she was, for days on end, she's yelling, these are the men of the Most High God. They'll tell you the way to salvation. And finally it says Paul got annoyed. It wasn't that she was saying the wrong thing. What she was saying was true. They were men of the Most High God, followers of Jesus, and they were uh, speaking the way of salvation. But it's the spirit behind that, and he got annoyed with that spirit, so he cast out the devil, it says, and then uh, her owners got really upset because she was a slave girl that brought them a lot of fortune through her fortune telling. She was business to them. So they got the magistrates ups upset, and uh, they had a clever plan to get Paul thrown in prison in Philippi there, uh, which he did. And uh, when he got let out, they were going to kind of secretly move him out of town because they found out he was a Roman citizen. He had rights. They had violated his rights. And he said, you're trying to get rid of me quietly? Are you serious? I'm not going to go out quietly. I'm a Roman citizen. Who do you think you are? You just, you just violated all of my civil rights. He was uh, politically correct. PC back 
way back then. He just nailed them for their intolerance towards him as a Roman citizen. And uh, so anyway, he, he, uh, he writes back now that he's in prison in Rome, another city, and, and he writes back to these people, to these believers that are in Philippi. And he says this in Philippians chapter uh, 3, verse 13. He says, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, now he's talking about the things that God has for him. But one thing I do, not ten things, one thing, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. Regardless of the successes, the failures, the things we did right, the things we did wrong, 30 years later, guys, this is us, explanation mark. The moments today are going to make up the memories of tomorrow, so let's celebrate some stuff today, and let's look forward, and let's live in the now, because that's where faith is, and let's get some things that we can celebrate down the road, because we've had some moments today. If you want to have happy anniversary, and you want to say, hey, it's our fifth anniversary since we got married, you know, happy anniversary, sweetheart. If you haven't been living in the moment and making some happy moments, you're not going to have a happy anniversary. It's just going to fall on deaf ears with your spouse. If, if you're going to say happy birthday and, and you want to celebrate that, you better have had some moments with some friends or some family. Otherwise, it's going to be a very lonely birthday party. Happy moments. You know, there's a fish called a happy moment. Anybody ever heard of it? Okay, there's one in the back that knows what I'm talking about. Another one over here. I, I, uh, I was on a boat in Malulaba fishing, which I'm not a fisherman, but I was doing that. And it was uh, at the wharf there. It was, it was moored there. And, uh, and this little, little kid, he, was, he would have been maybe six years old. He could hardly talk. And I caught this fish called a happy moment, and it was floundering around on the deck. And... and uh, I thought, I'm going to kick this thing back into the water. But it, there was a little parapet around the deck of, uh, of the ship, a little, you know, wall. Uh, and this little kid's pointing to the fish, and he's going, happy moment, happy moment. Like, he's trying to tell me something. I'm thinking, okay, happy moment. That's, a, that's what the fish is called, I guess. I don't know. What, what's this kid trying to tell me? So I kicked that fish, and the, and the fish got caught up against that, that rim around the, the, the ship deck, and this spike went into my foot. I mean, that hurt like anything, but nothing like what was going to ensue in the next matter of moments. As the poison from the happy moment got into my leg, I'd never been in pain like that. I mean, it started to go right up my, 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 my whole leg. I was just aching. I was writhing on the deck. And this, this little kid's trying, like, I told you, Mr. Happy Moment. I'm thinking... They, they really did name that fish wrong. Happy moment was, it was anything but a happy moment. If you think about what the church is called, uh, sometimes we're not, we're not called things that are very enduring. And, and, and I believe it's up to us to change that. I, I was looking up names in the animal kingdom and uh, what animals gathered and when they gather in collective groups, this is what they're called. And I think sometimes these are names that the church could be called. And we need to change that. So apes are called. Anybody know what a collective of apes is called? No, it's called the shrewdness. Bats are a colony. 
Bears are a sloth or a sleuth. Bees, everybody knows that, a swarm. Buffalo is a gang or obstinacy. Camels, called a caravan. Cats, a clouder or a glaring. Cobras are called a quiver. Crocodiles are called a basque. Crows, you ever wonder what crows gathered together are called? They're called a murder. Dogs, a pack. Puppies, a litter. Donkeys, a drove. Eagles, a convocation. Elephants, a parade. Elk, a gang. Falcons, a cast. Ferrets, a business. <laughs> Fish, a school. Flamingos, a stand. Fox, a charm. Frogs, an army. Giraffes, a tower. <laughs> Gorillas, a band. Hippopotamuses, a bloat. Hyenas, a cackle. Jaguars, a shadow. Jellyfish, a smack. You feel like a smack if you get stung by one of those. Kangaroos, a troop or a mob. I bet you didn't know that, did you? Lemures, a conspiracy. Leopards, a leap. Lions, a pride. Moles, a labor. Monkeys, a barrel. Mules, a pack. Otters, a family. Oxen, a team or a yoke. Owls, you know, wise old owls? When owls get together, guess what they're called? Who said that? How did you know that? You are so smart. They're called a parliament. <laughs> Parrots, a pandemonium. Pigs, a drift or a drove. Porcupines, a prickle. <laughs> Rats, a colony. Ravens, an unkindness. Rhinoceroses, a crash. This is one for my wife because she loves all the Jaws series. She just loves, she sits, sits there like munching on snacks and I'm like, what are you watching? Uh, just Jaws 50. <laughs> and you know, there it is. The guy's in a little tiny boat. And of course, you know, da, 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 you know. And, uh, and, and, and so sharks are called a shiver. Snakes a nest, squirrels a dray or a scurry. Stingrays, a fever. Tigers, an ambush or a streak. Toads, a knot. Turkeys, a gang. Weasels, a colony. Whales, a pod. Wolves, a pack. And zebras, a zeal. I think all of those things describe when animals get together. Unfortunately, some of those describe when God's people get together. And uh, so the snapshot's not always good, is it? And Paul was dealing with a group of people that were not unlike us. The, uh, the group that he called the church or his assembly, his flock, if you will, they weren't perfect either. If he took a snapshot of them, uh, you know, they could be called a pod or a, or a streak or a smack or a quiver or a shiver or, 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 or whatever. Uh, but look what he says in Philippians chapter 1. We're just going to read this and draw some things out of that. He says this, he says in verse 3, I thank God, I thank my God, every time I remember you. Man, I wish I could say that. <laughs> this is an incredible statement here. 
He is writing to a group of people seriously that have serious problems, that the snapshot is not perfect. There's imperfections everywhere. They're, they've gathered together, but some for their own interests, many of them uh, dissenting and, and have major issues. But he writes this letter to this group of people, to a church in a real place called Philippi, that's full of issue people. And he says, I thank my God every time I remember you. Wow. In all my prayers for, and I love this inclusive language because this is why we've called this, this is us and not this is me. So many sermons today are all about you. How you can achieve greatness. How, how you can get rid of worry. How you can get some more happiness in your life. How you can get your healing. How you, 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 you. But he doesn't talk about just the you. He talks about the us. He talks about the collective. This is us. This is all of us. And, and the number of times that he uses this expression, these incredible three words here, all of you. Not almost all of you. Not some of you. And not just you, you individual. You, you are great. You know, you're more than a conqueror. You are. But, you know, what about the collective? What about, well, what about this group called the church? Are they hyenas? Are they chimpanzees? Are they gorillas in a gang? Are they, what, what, are, what are we? When we say this is us, who are we? Who are we talking about? We're talking about a group of individuals that are fit together, that have to form a great city, the book of Revelation says, that have to uh, be a bride of Christ without spot, without wrinkle. She's beautiful, he says. We are a collective. We are the body of Christ. What kind of body does Christ have? And so, he says, I thank God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yes, Paul. What are you on, man? They must have been way different than us today. Because of your partnership, there's another inclusive word. Not, not your sole proprietorship, but your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, from 19, March of 1989 until now, I thank God for all of you. I, it just brings me great joy when I, when I remember you, when I remember the moments that we've had. Oh, I just got to fall in love all over again because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Now, here's a hinge point right here. And this is where the confidence comes in to not just look at the snapshot and not just go back and look at the memories of the bad taste in hair and the bad taste in dress and the bad taste in whatever, but to have confidence in this, being confident of this. This is why he's remembering fondly and he's got thanksgiving. He prays with joy when he's praying for all of them. And this is a spirit that I believe needs to uh, be ours, church, as we look at this is us. It's not finger pointing. It's not pointing out the faults in the photo uh, or the moments where, where we didn't succeed and where we failed and where we missed it by a mile and where we, we, we weren't in unity. It's looking at this, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you, individual, will carry it on until the completion, until the day of Jesus Christ. Verse 7, it is right for me to feel this way about all of you. Do you know, I read that over and over again, and I kept 
switching the two words around, it is right, I put, is it right? I just kept reading it. Is it right for me to, to feel this way about all of you? And I wanted to put a question mark in there. But there's no question mark there. There's no question in Paul's mind. He makes a statement here, not a question. He says, it is right. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you. How could we possibly do that when all of us aren't perfect? All of us have issues. And many of the all of us, let's face it, hurt a lot of us. I remember once, and uh, somebody was talking about this, and they, uh, they were preaching on, on uh, people in your life that cause you a lot of grief. And they says, uh, do you know that those people are actually there to develop your character? <laughs> and he said this, he says, we should walk up and give them the biggest hug and say thank you. They are better than any friend because with, and just to look them in the eyes and go, you know, without you and the way you betrayed me and badmouthed me and bit me in the back and stabbed me and beat me up and did all that stuff, you know, if you wouldn't have done that, I would not be anywhere near the person that I am today. I love you so much. In fact, I pray for you and every time that I remember you, great joy floods my heart because Jesus is doing a great work on the inside of me. But what do most people do when they get hurt in church? I'm out of here. Same thing in marriage today. If you don't like it, I'm out of here. I'm just going to leave. God says, no, don't. Don't leave the pack. Don't leave the herd. Don't leave the band. Don't, don't leave the, whatever the name is for your favorite animal. Don't leave the pride. <laughs> this is what it's all about. You've missed the whole point. The point is that we have to rub against one another. The point is that no, none of us are perfect or cool. We've all got something akin to the mullet. All of us have bad bad hair days. All of us have bad fashion sense when it comes to the character of Christ. We've, we're all imperfect. We are all uh, not, not even close to the full stature of Christ. Every single one of us is a bad photo. Yet God calls us all to work together. What are we working on? Well, I like that because Paul gives us this. He says this, he says, it's right for me to feel this way about all of you. Since I have you in my heart, whether I'm in chains or, or defending and confirming the gospel, I mean, he was shackled in the inner chamber of a jail in Rome. They really locked him in lockdown. All of you share, and this is good, all of you share in God's grace with me. Do you know that every single one of us is saved by grace and grace alone? Do you know that there's not one person that didn't need to be saved by the incredible, unmerited favor, unchanging, unwavering grace of God? Do you know that every single one of us is a fallen creature? Every single one of us needs salvation desperately, even if we look like we've got it together in the photo. Do you know that every single one of us, it's, by, it's only by grace and grace alone you are saved, and that's by faith, looking into and believing and trusting God. That's the only way that you or I would ever work together and collectively, the only way we're ever going to look at anything like Christ is to realize from whence we came and who it is and having confidence in him. And so he says, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection 
of Christ Jesus. There's three things here that Paul did that I want you to take note of. Firstly, and these are three things that I believe that we can uh, that we can do and have an attitude about that will cause us to work together and not to fault find finger point and just cut and leave. Number one is give thanks to God. In verse 3, he says, I thank God. I thank God. I thank God every time I remember you. Do you know, when you start to think about the imperfections and the people in your life that cause, uh, cause you pain and heartache that are part of the body of Christ called the church, if you would just stop and pray, and say, I thank God for that person. I, I thank God. Not just that they're, you know, causing me to have more of a Christ character because I've got to learn how to forgive and how to walk together. And, and, and we do walk together even when it hurts. Uh, but, but I also thank God that you're still working in them and that, that you, God, who began a good work in them, that person that's, that's causing offenses or whatever, that you're going to continue that. So I'm going to thank God. I, 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 right now, I believe every one of us would have at least one person in mind. And you go, oh, man. Like, really, Pastor? You want me to thank God for them? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I, I believe it's a wonderful thing when you, can, when you can get on your knees in prayer. And even the ones that God parades that, that you know, just cause anxiousness and heartache on the inside of you. If you could just pause and go, oh, I, sometimes it's a short prayer. Sometimes it's just, uh, okay, uh, thank God. <laughs> I'm going to get on to the person I love. Uh, I know that. But if you'll just start there, that'll grow. That'll grow to the point when you see that person, you won't walk on the other side of the street. You walk across the street and give them a big hug. I, I've had people that have been doing this a long time. And, uh, you know, it's, it's amazing because... Uh, Something happens on the inside of me that I just love them so much that honestly, I'll walk across the room and I'll give them a big hug and they're like, like this, like, and I'm like, yeah, give us a hug. I love you, man, because I've been praying for you. I won't say all of that, but it's just God does something in my heart. I don't, I don't want to walk in unforgiveness. I can't afford, and neither can you. The church, the collective, cannot afford to have unforgiveness in our midst. God says this uh, when they're going to take communion. He says, for this cause, because you've got unforgiveness in your heart, and you don't take the Lord's uh, communion, his, you don't discern his body correctly as a body, as a, as a collective, as a bride, as, as she's beautiful, as the body, because you don't discern that. He says, many of you are sick, and many of you die. Some pretty serious consequences along with, if you don't forgive, you're not forgiven. We can't afford not to give thanks to God. And then uh, pray, verse uh, 4. He said, I pray for all of you to, to pray and, and give thanks to God. And then, of course, we looked at this, verse 6, have confidence in God. It's Him that began a good work, even though none of us are perfect, but all of us share in the grace of God. You see, there's only one perfect one, and you all know it. He's the one that we celebrate here. His name's Jesus. He is so cool. I know that he's cool because in Revelation, I read about the fact that he's got white hair. He's really cool. He's got it nailed. He's got a robe that, <laughs> wow. He's got eyes like flames of fire that pierce through 
uh, his words come out like a sharp two-edged sword. They're just so sharp, not to cut us down and to condemn us, but to cause in us to separate from whatever it is that's uh, like a barnacle that's attached itself to you, to separate that so that you can move on. He is uh, uh, amazing, and he gives us his power, it says, to become sons and daughters of the Most High. He gave us the power to become sons and daughters. Isn't that incredible? God has given you that power. And so let's look at Paul's prayer, and then we'll close. I'd like the uh, worship team to come up. Thanks. In Philippians, in, in same chapter, verse uh, uh, 9 of chapter 1. Paul's prayer, I think it's just incredible the way he prays for these guys. He said, this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. This is my prayer, that your love may abound. Isn't that a great word? More and more in knowledge and and depth of insight. That's our future right there. You see, love changes things, but love starts with you. It doesn't end with you. I hear people all the time, well, it's all about me and Jesus. It's a, that's what it's about. It's all about me and him. Forget about you guys. Well, you don't know him then. If you're going to say that and you really believe that, you don't even know him. Because he says, this is how you know that you love me if you have love for one another. And that was written to his body, to fellow Christians. To, to say it's just about me and I'm going to go solo and I don't have to worry about any of these guys offending me or any of you guys offending me. I'm just going to, you know, the best thing I can do to stop from being offended is just to go solo and just have a walk on the beach with Jesus and forget about everybody else. That is the most selfish thing you could ever say and it's got nothing to do with love. It starts with you, but man, does it have to go from there? It starts with you, but it's got to go to us or it's not love doesn't end with you. And the person that says that doesn't even know the heart of God. Love does change you, but secondly, love changes us. That knowledge and that depth of love is for all of us, not just one of us. Us is the church, and love is when we all change. And then thirdly, the progression of that is that love has to flow out into that dying world out there. This is how they're going to know, this is what God says, this is how they're going to know that I love them, is that love that you have, that us factor love. Then they're going to know. Then they're not going to call us a pack of hyenas, a horde, a pride, or whatever else. They're going to go, man, I, I can't believe how, how family they are. How, how a bunch of misfits could get together and walk together and forgive one another. I can't believe that this is us 30 years later, that something amazing has happened at this place called City Church where it doesn't matter what color, what country that you're from. It doesn't matter how old that you are or how young that you are. It doesn't matter at that place you're accepted there. Not that they accept all your sin and let you stay there. No, 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 no. We move on from that, but we love you that much that we will help you get out of that rut. We'll help you move forward and we will reach that community out there with the love that started in here.
That's what 30, yeah, give the Lord a celebration. Come on. So my question to you, and we're going to take communion in a moment, is who do you love enough to change for? See, when people make love choices just for themselves, they make destructive choices. That's where bad marriages come from and bad relationships in church. It's when somebody makes a love choice, they think it's a love choice that's all about them. They make a bad choice. But when people make a love choice for other people first, for the betterment of other people, I'm going to make a love choice for the betterment, not just of me, but for others. Now you got God's attention and something starts to flow. The anointing oil starts to get poured out like never before. When I make a choice to exercise my highest right, which is the right to give up my right, then all of a sudden something starts to flow. Something from heaven starts to flow upon the whole body. And we start to get oiled uh, together. We start to see that God is moving in our midst. And things that were stuck in the body, they get unstuck. And things that were, uh, the, the, the faults that we could see, we can't see them anymore. The oil gets into everything. And God starts to move in a way that he couldn't move when we were frozen in, in our own self and our narcissi- narcissistic love thinking. God unfreezes that and allows us to move forward together in a fluid motion that reaches our community. Oh, it's beautiful and it's perfect because he's perfect. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.